Eurovision. Welcome to Eurovision, a podcast with a unique Irish perspective on the Eurovision Song Contest. 12 points. Ireland. Oh, to the Airvision podcast. We are here with you today for a really, really big episode. I think it's one we've been wanting to do for a little while. It's one we've wanted to think about, to plan very carefully and, as always, to get your involvement in. But firstly, our little bit of housekeeping. Connor, can I talk to Tommy, go on Gahanawa! August two things. Not just Gahanawa. Oh yeah, Tonga Brass. Size Tearsock, you know. Tom McDuller, Sarah. Dahina. Goody Astral. Ooh. Erfi, Tree Shaktana. So, baby, Imiha. August, yeah, Tom McSugamorlish. She's going to Australia, lads, by the way, in case you. I know we're not doing Keon and Grav, but. I'll translate for you just to be kind. <laughs> She's going on holidays. Thank God, says Connor. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, I miss you for three weeks. Jesus. I like my left arm. I miss yeah, you. I know. I miss you. Um, so, yeah, heads up will probably be. This should be out. This will be out in July. Yeah. And it's going to be a little bit quiet then until August, but we've got some big, big things coming mm-hmm. in August. August. So, will do be busy. stick around. Yes, follow the socials, all the usual. But this episode, Connor, Eurovision, what should Ireland do next? The question on everybody's lips. Mm-hmm. It's, I felt like last year, it was, there was a buzz. There was definitely a buzz after Brooke not qualifying. A lot more locals a bit outraged. Like, she was really good. She yeah. should have qualified. Like, what's Ireland doing wrong? And again, sort of a buzz around it this year. More so just like, oh, another non-qualification, like what's going on? Yeah. Why are, why are our results so poor? And last year as well, we both felt going into it that with it being hosted in the UK, there would be a bit more pressure on us to perform, which, you know, this in the wasn't. end didn't materialise no. in the end, which was unfortunate. But this year, I think there has definitely been a lot more media attention when it comes to Eurovision. I felt like that last year though, But Connor. post Eurovision, you know, I was seeing a lot more articles, like a lot year. more you know, outraged that we weren't performing. Not only that, you know, our act was robbed. It was more so just about our performances as a whole. There wasn't much emphasis on our act this year. I think last year people felt Brooke was robbed. But this year it's been more of like an overview of the results as a whole over the last decade. Like what is going wrong? Like Mm -hmm. what's, yeah, you're right. Like what's the, what's the deal in the, the organisation yeah. why is this not working mm-hmm. you're in you're out not only amongst Eurovision fans but also yeah. the wider Irish public you know well, there's more interest yeah in, in and around it so it's a good conversation to have and mm. I think it's a conversation that Irish fans are are having a lot ourselves I don't know if you're fi- finding this like 
Eurovision is one of my favourite things to talk about. Like, for goodness sake, we run a podcast yeah. together. Obviously, <laughs> all about Eurovision. But I find, and especially now that we're fortunate to go on like lots of Eurovision nights out and we're going to gigs and we're making friends and stuff. I don't know about you, Connor, because I'll talk about it till the cows come home, but it's starting to really depress me talking about Ireland and Eurovision. Mm-hmm. I find it very draining because I'm starting to just feel like I'm having the same conversations with people and that it's kind of like we all have our heads screwed on and we all like feel like we have ideas about what could be done but like ultimately it isn't it, it isn't the fans who decide like we can we can send emails and we can offer support and we can record podcast episodes and we can talk to each other on social media but we we we're not in the organization that runs it and as we know it's an underfunded under-resourced uh, delegation in comparison to other countries so it can just become a little bit like, are we going around in circles? Like, is it Groundhog Day? Like, is this ever going to change? Is this just going to be us? Like, obviously it's not going to be, of course there has to be a time where we at least qualify, please. Mm. Oh my God, in my lifetime. <laughs> um, it's, it's yeah, it's, um, it's one we need to have though. And I yeah. think we're here to do it. So yeah. let's just start between ourselves. Let's not, let's not worry about you know, the ifs and the buts and the external factors. Just Lou and Connor shoot the breeze for a few minutes. Let me start with you. Mm-hmm. My ideal head of delegation would be, would be you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so many people say this and like, I know you laugh, but like I'm being fully serious because oh, like you're great at social media. You're great at graphics. You're great at music. You're great at talking to people. You're great at like staging concepts. Oh, like, Thank you, Lou. Thank you very much. So, um, what what do you think needs to happen? What's going on? I think there's a two way approach to this. I think one hand, if you are continuing on with the national final, that's mm. the first thing. If it is a national final approach that you want to do, um, you got to fund it. Ultimately, you got to pump money into it. You need to invest in a long-term national final, not something that is solely dedicated to Eurovision. You know, just do a national song contest with the winner going to Eurovision as an option. Um, this late, late show tobacco, you know, we hear it year in, year out. Particularly this year, I felt that a lot more people are opening up to the idea that the late, late show is not suitable for Eurovision and we've known it it. we've we've known about it for years you know the stage is too small the the studio is not for performances it's a you know a studio for talk show peanut butter all that kind of crap it's it's not built and as well you know they're dealing with two teams basically you have the Eurovision team that's invited in for a week to work alongside the Late Late Show, I who ultimately have the full yeah. control over the show, yeah. which is not it's not right. It needs to be a Eurovision based production team. So that's my first issue. Um, in terms of that national final, it doesn't have to be you know one night. That's it. Six songs, a UMK style show, something simple that you're just you know showcasing the songs. It doesn't have to be Melfest style. You know, eight weeks long, every single Saturday or Sunday night on TV. It doesn't need to be that. One night, one show, that's it. Um, In somewhere like, you know, the the Helix or even something like the Gaiety. Something inventive. I know something like pre-recorded could even be done where the performances are live and then you just have simply the results. Something like that. Simple um, cost living measure there. The second approach then is, you know, you invest in this selection process internally where you're 
you know, opening submissions early, which has already happened, as we know, but also alongside that, going scouting for acts, looking, approaching not necessarily the biggest names in the Irish industry because you're not going to really get them yet but you know the upcoming talent that you're seeing on TikTok some people in the charts you know the the homegrown charts is a great place to look at a lot of these names are really really popular but still relatively undiscovered when it comes to the Irish music industry headhunting them looking for them approaching them trying to convince them to do Eurovision selling it to them as as a business basically you know you might not win you might not qualify but even just getting to the final could be such an achievement and such a boost for your your Spotify streams, your social media following. Um, and as well, it's great crack. You know, it's a good six-month journey as well. You know, you discover so much about yourself. You know, you, you, you meet so many people from all different avenues of music careers, of, you know, networking, all that kind of stuff. So you just got to sell it to them, ultimately. Um so that's the selection process. Also alongside that, you know, the whole social media marketing needs to improve. Simple things like that doesn't cost money. You know, it really yeah. doesn't. Investing in a social media team to, you know, doesn't have to be active all year round, but, you know, tweeting about announcements, um, you know, supporting their act, following them along their journey from, you know, let's say a national final or when they're selected all the way through to the pre-parties, all the way through until Eurovision in May and even post Eurovision, you know, because a lot of the time we just see that the acts get, you know, left after Eurovision and that's it. But, you know, even just following on until the next act is selected in, in a few months time. <clears throat> then alongside that is your announcement procedure, you know, our announcement procedure is is crap. You know, it's it's in you know, last year. You know, we were told it always hours feels quite advanced. rushed. Quite rushed last yeah. minute. It was uh, you know a few hours before. Oh, tune in to the Ryan Chubbity show where the songs were released. This year we didn't even have an announcement. It was ten minutes on the start of the Ryan Chubbity show. Dogs and then before homework after after and, and that's yeah, it. Weird. It needs to be a proper big special something like that you know or even online it's like tiktok head over to tiktok and see the first look at the art something, something visual as visual well. inventive yeah, something like that the, yeah. you know our journey to euro song series you got to know the acts yeah or to you need to be doing something like that where you get to know them you get to see what songs are in the running if it is internal get to know the procedure or the you know the process how they got to the song all that kind of stuff there's so much content there yeah to really entice the Irish public into the Eurovision journey. It's kind of um, a missed opportunity, I feel, for RT as an organisation as well, in that, like, you can see these days on social media, particularly on TikTok, but also on Twitter and Instagram and YouTube, that Eurovision fans really engage with social media. Absolutely. And, like, you and I know this, Irish Eurovision fans are really engaged yeah. on social media. Like... We're amazed at like the messages and the emails and the interactions that we get. Mm -hmm. So like that's only for us like a little fan podcast. Yeah. Like the actual organization actually really are kind of missing a trick by not tapping into mm. this huge spectacle that they could ha have content for year round. But okay, Absolutely. if they don't do it year round, at least January to May yeah. when it's in the season. And if you have... I'm sure they have people in there doing social media stuff, interning, who could lend an hour a week to making a little TikTok but or like it. something or a YouTube video or even just like Ireland through the years. Like how easy is that to do? Yeah. You know, like it's, 
and the most random things like people enjoy seeing online and you and I know this if you're consistent with putting out things people will follow exactly. and and I just think like to engage with a youth audience they're really missing out mm-hmm. on that element like if I were if I were pitching this to RT that's something I would really emphasize like for for the organization like it's a huge opportunity that they're just not tapping into yeah. You know, um, you, you, you got to look as well at their biggest show, which is Dancing with the Stars Ireland. And you which see is what, what they coming do. Coming off air? It's coming off air because they're running Why? out of talent, apparently, to, to get on the show now after so many seasons. But yeah. if that's coming off the air, you see what they do with that. You know, the show itself is huge, but offline, the social media presence that they have with it, the podcast that they have with it afterwards, you know, the, that's all great for that show but like we said that only has certain longevity you know it's running out of steam now and it's going to be moving on to the next show with Eurovision you're guaranteed that year in year out you know it's the same process year every year exactly all new artists you know people don't get bored of it because oh it's new music every year it's only once a year but you're building up to it so many months in advance so why not take advantage of it where as Dancing with Stars like we said you know there's only so many people you can get on to dance. There's only so many people you can watch do the same dance style. Yeah. You know, it's it it's run its course. Whereas Eurovision's not going to run its course. It's inventing itself year in, year out. And it's funny because I don't think we expected to have this conversation, but you can probably tell Connor and I now have like our content creator <laughs> social media hats yeah. on. Where it's like, I'm just thinking about Eurovision as a whole. And like friends of mine who like obviously know that you and I have this podcast would ask me things like, and Louise, you never run out of things to talk about. And I say to them, there's 60 plus years of this contest with over 40 countries who've participated. And Connor and I have not even scratched the surface I was just say that. of what we could cover yeah. in a Eurovision podcast yeah. from an Irish perspective. Like the majority of our episodes have been about the upcoming contest or what's happened. We've with barely the previous... gone backwards. We've barely touched barely. on the past, which is There's some countries so we've barely spoken about yeah. in general. Like... You and I, genuinely, I'm not joking, we could probably record an episode a week and we would never run out of things to talk about. Whether we did like a rewind thing or we just don't physically have the time to do that with other things we have Mm -hmm. going on. I'm sure we'd love to be doing that on a full-time basis. But like, if you're in an organisation where, okay, granted, I know their funding isn't huge and like, there's money issues going on and protests and stuff in RT don't. But that aside there should there is some sort of funding there is some sort of stuff there to back people doing that kind of mm-hmm. stuff i think it's such a missed trick and i think if you're the right person in there like i don't know who exactly decides all of these things or who manages these things but if you had the right person with their head screwed on they would see the amount of stuff in that okay granted quite niche topic of your vision but like people are more interested than you think and like you're in your age there's if it's not the Irish act maybe that people are engaged with like there's something like the year Daddy Frere was in it like locals were loving him you and I met Joker out once the amount of like stuff we've been able to put up mm-hmm. from meeting Joker out once for 10 minutes yeah. and like the way Irish and international <clears throat> fans are reacting to that stuff on TikTok we're putting up like it's such a mistrick it blows my mind that nobody in the organisation sees that. I'm sure maybe some people see it, but maybe they don't have the power to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. It just... Are you the same, Connor? 
it, yeah there's I, so much it's so frustrating that's yeah. the thing it's it's like you see this untapped beast yeah and it's you know it could open so many doors yeah. for you know in terms of social media but tv it shows someone's know, career literally like. and it, it's you know the politics of it all is obviously a big issue when it comes mm. to war tea like and the you attitude said, from the public the attitude from the public but i feel yeah. like the irish public are very very easy to sway back and forth you know we're very we make it into a final and everyone's down in paddy power you putting us up mean? to third in the betting odds I feel, you know? we love complaining as a nation we love <laughs> but we like, love backing our people when they're doing well exactly yeah. so I, I feel like it's very easy to sway them back on side it's yeah. just year after year they seem the same thing of us not getting to the so final they're disengaged yeah. you know when you get those string of results together they will come back on side and you know the viewing figures for Eurovision on RT are still steady they increased this year from last year so you know that base audience of whatever 350,000 people watching a, a semi-final or a live final it's still there it's not going anywhere you know we haven't seen a dip off so there is an interest in Eurovision in Ireland and um, we saw it ourselves last year when we went to the National Concert Hall you know that was sold out. Yeah. How many people was it? A couple of thousand. Couple I think of, it's just under 2,000. Just under 2,000 yeah. people. You know, there is an interest there just about building that base, but it's mm. just, you know, about having the willpower to do it. But you asked me a question about what would I do as, as head of delegation or what would be the approach? What would you do if you, if you were to add anything or change I agree anything with yourself? so much of what you said, Connor. And I'm actually glad we've had this whole kind of like social media content discussion because it's actually, it's unbelievably important nowadays and... Um, yeah, I just think we can't emphasize that enough, like how much potential there is to be tapped into mm-hmm. for an organization and for an artist. Um, there's a lot of ways you can go about it. I mean, you know that like for the long haul, I've always been internal selection. Yeah. That is my preference just because it's kind of as much as I've enjoyed some of our national selections in respective years, I just feel on the whole, we don't do them well. Mm-hmm. And I you know, I agree with Michael Keeley. I remember him saying before that, like, having a 100% public vote isn't perfect for Ireland because, like, you've got the parish vote, you've got, you know, the regional votes, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think it's good having a jury. And then it's like, can you, you know, as an Irish jury ideal, like, you know, you might have, like, someone from the radio or um, someone from record company voting, but does that necessarily mean that they get Eurovision? You know, and then it's like, I welcome the introduction of the international jury that we've had, but it's very, it's very hard to get it right. So Mm -hmm. that being said, I acknowledge as well that like, it's also very hard to get it right with an internal selection and you are sort of taking away the voice of the public a little bit. And, um, I I know we're going to have a discussion later on with some friends and, you know, there are people out there who feel that, um, you should, you should keep some of the say with the public. And I definitely understand that. I think it's important for the public to feel somewhat invested in the act that goes. But my argument for internal is mainly for logistical reasons, budgetary reasons. I think if, okay, we have this lovely long submission period now, let's say, and, you know, it can still be organised in a similar similar way. Okay, they get a couple of hundred entries, it's whittled down to the sixty. Um, or it's whittled down to the 100 or however many. And then we know there's been kind of a panel the last few years with the mixture of Eurovision fans and a mixture of industry professionals and worthy employees and whatever else. Um, you could keep that element if it helps the delegation or whatever to whittle it down. Whittle it down to like the best three songs or the best six songs. Don't bother putting on the national final. Invite them in. 
to the studios, please sing it. Like, sing it for me a couple of times. Here's a mic. Like, get your saying, people. I'm not an expert on the tech. Kind of like stuff. a behind the scenes, Nash the final in a way. Or it's nearly but, like a not not a songwriting camp, but like you know, the songwriting camps they need to hear each other. And mm-hmm. Like, okay, we need to know that the person can sing, and we'll have a bit of confidence and a bit of swagger to carry the song live because it could sound lovely in the studio, and then they could come in and not be able to sing the thing, mm-hmm. which is a disaster as we know. So. I would go that route and then in January and February you're not faffing around with this late late show Euro song stuff that sort of can sometimes come together a little bit last minute and uh, the announcements are a bit higgledy-piggledy. Keep it quiet, keep it under the radar, get it ready, get it refined, get a lovely music video like Ryan O'Shaughnessy's or whoever's to get the message of the song across, drop it on and choose your day. This is another thing I would say in the Eurovision season. Don't drop it the week of a Super Saturday when there's 11 other countries selecting. Absolutely. Pick a random Tuesday at the start of February or the end of February where there's not much happening. Drop it. Here you go, Eurovision fans. Go and enjoy that. See what the feedback is. If you need to go back and do a little bit of a revamp, fine. But concentrate on the song. Get the song. That's what's it's what it is about. Granted, the performer needs to be able to carry it live. There needs to be a bit of a package. But it needs to be a song. A catchy song or an emotional song or a song that people are going to connect with. On top of all of that, one thing, and I sort of regret that I didn't put this to Michael Keeley when we spoke to him. And I think if we were to speak to him again, it's definitely something I'd like to pick his brains about. Or T2 FM Rising. I know I've been kind of saying keep it away from the radio, which I still feel it should be kept away from the radio because at the end of the day, it's a visual contest. But, again, untapped potential. RT2 FM Rising, some of the alumni attached to that, Connor, are talents, were people who were up and coming who are now stars. So, I have here, this is on the RT website. Mm-hmm. Alumni from RT2 <clears throat> FM Rising in recent years include world-class artists like Fontaine's DC, really big, Denise Dyla, big in Ireland, Dermot Kennedy, we know <laughs> Dermot Kennedy, uh, Jeff Harris, Lyra, we know Lyra. Mm-hmm. Pillow Queens, they're brilliant. JC Stewart, uh, and so on, so on, so on. Lots of names there that we know. Nab those people before they're selling out gigs left, right and centre, before they're playing all the festivals, before they're off working on their album or releasing it or whatever. Nab them. Nab that talent. And go and be like, you won or T2 FM Rising, congratulations. You have first refusal. Do you have a song for your vision? Can I hear it? Do you have anything that would be good? If they don't want to go, that's fine. Can't force them. Go to the next person who might also be equally as talented but just missed out. Are you interested? Do you have anything? Are you writing anything at the moment? Can I hear some of your stuff? Do you have a song that's good? Sorry, just dropping my phone there. Um, that's the way I'd be. And kind of like what you were saying earlier, I'd be the saleswoman. I'd be going around selling it to people like, did you see Daddy Fair? Did you see Moniskin? Like, did you see this? Like, there's great potential here. Like, we'll have a little marketing team behind you. Um, I think as well, it's important to look out for people who... You need the yin and the yang. You want them to have a little bit of experience so that they're not like a deer in headlights on the stage. Yeah. And preferably if they have a bit of management or something, I think that is helpful for them. You know, like, because we've seen, particularly Irish acts sometimes can struggle with the social media aspect of things and PR and stuff. Um, so if they had a bit of management, great. A little bit of experience, great. But also somebody fresh who's got something new to say mm-hmm. and something new to bring to the stage. Um, Irish language would be brilliant on the Eurovision stage. 
um, rap, Irish rap, um, Afro beats, K Money and ND, they're very fresh. Mm-hmm. I wonder could they have actually surprised us? Yeah. In Liverpool, if they had like pulled out some really interesting stage, and I like sometimes I think about that. Um, you know, I know we were a big Connolly supporters, mm-hmm. and like I think she would have been fantastic as well. But just in terms of like a real freshness, yeah, yeah, something like K Money and Andy's song could have been really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's also important to say as well when it go- comes to approaching talent and them perhaps saying no. It's also vital to understand why they are saying no yeah. and understand the reasons behind them. You know, being afraid. Can to I your come into you? Why is what's the bu- what's, what, the what's stopping you? you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And try and answer those questions or best address them. them and reassure them. Mm. You know that you know. Oh, I don't want a competition. Well, we're not expecting you to win. We're not expecting you to do a top ten result. But simply just for your own career, we really feel that you could get to the final and do Ireland justice and do a good result. Give us a good we'll result. We'll back you. We'll, we'll back help you. We'll support yeah. you with yeah. airplay, all that kind of stuff. And even, you know, we saw with Slovenia finishing 21st. We saw with the Armenia last year finishing 16th with Rosalind. You know, all these I think artists, she was 20th. She was 20th, yeah. sorry. Yeah. All these countries who, or all these acts who haven't Doesn't done matter. amazing or in terms of result, yeah. but in terms of their career, are superstars now. You know, just simply getting Our to the Joker final. Our Joker stuff, like, blows up. my mind. Blowing up. Blows, thank you. No problem. He's handed me back my phone. <laughs> blows my mind. Yeah. Um, one other thing, and I've just mentioned it briefly, like, and I, again, I feel two ways about this. And Connor, I think we've talked about this in depth. I'll probably be boring you. But, when it comes to our culture and our language, I think we should lean into it. Oh, now, absolutely. That being said, and I, I think that's what Europeans would kind of like to see from Ireland, and a lot, I know a lot of international fans kind of say that to us. Why don't you send something in your language? Why don't you send something more Celtic? Why don't we hear a fiddle? Why don't we f- hear a harp? Why isn't there Irish dancing? Now, there is kind of a thing of like, okay, I know 2013 Only Love Survives and 2014 Heartbeat. We sort of tried to do that, kind of lean into the modern cultural Irish Celtic elements. Even like I was a teenager then and I'm just speaking personally, I found Only Love Survives cringy at the time Mm -hmm. as a teenager and like as a teenager not much cringed me out. So, (laughs) you know, it's saying a lot. And Heartbeat, I actually kind of sort of knew Casey Smith very distantly. Great gal, but like again, it just it kind of cringed. It was too diddly eye, diddly. It was yeah. too obvious in your face. Both of those songs to me, like the diddly eye, diddly eye, and you know the Irish dancers and stuff. Um, it needs to be more nuanced. Like the likes of Connolly had that real Irish touch, but it wasn't in your face. Exactly. That kind of like banshee, ah, like yeah. nearly elements of Enya, but That's like it. it was still Connolly. It wasn't Connolly trying to be Enya. It was a modern you know? take on that kind of classical Irish sounding It was an song. authentic song. Yeah. That had this Irish flair in mm-hmm. it. And I, I think that's why so many of us loved it. Um, so... I think it's something we need to look to lean back into more. Not necessarily every single year. There is nothing wrong with us sending rap or rock or just bubblegum pop if it's done well. But I think in general, I think Europe would like to see us because that's what makes us different. Yeah. I was only like this. It was suit the Irish language, but I was yammering on to people earlier about like 
what makes us Irish. It's like, you know, if we don't have our language, if we don't have our music and our culture, what makes us different to the English, to the Scots, mm. to the Welsh, to the Americans, to the Australians? Not a huge amount, really, yeah. culturally. We have Tesco's here, like we have Marks <laughs> and Spencer's, like yeah. we primarily speak English. Mm-hmm. We watch a lot of the same TV shows, like I'm off to watch Love Island shortly, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So like what what separates us culturally from these other countries and like I'm going on a rant now like mm-hmm. in terms of in terms of you mentioned 2FM rising and I know that in 2020 that it was hinted at in the announcement and I just want to read you the statement because it also touches on something else that you spoke about about this whole kind of last minute scramble for ideas or last minute kind of planning and when it comes to Eurovision, they said in, in 2020, so this was the year that Leslie was selected, RT2FM through 2FM Rising has a track record in promoting and supporting emerging Irish talent, including such acts as Dermot Kennedy and Fontaine's DC. Like you said, uh, 2FM and RT Entertainment will work with and support the selected song and artists through its various platforms and will develop a promotional schedule with the selected artist prior to Eurovision 2020. Now, that's 2020. Of course, COVID you know mess things up but that statement would suggest that there is a you know a a schedule a promotion schedule why haven't we seen that since you know if 2020 was the year that Orti decided okay let's really work on a good schedule of things going forward we're still seeing this scramble for announcements of let's open submissions now september i think we do know the answer to that you know well what like i think it's because it's a one man true job and it's he probably just doesn't have the time to coordinate it in the way maybe he would like or the way it could be organized because august is the rose of tree as we know and Mm -hmm. there's prime time and there's the new year's eve show and there's whatever you know all the other things and it's a busy organization and it's a busy job so i I think it's coming back to that like under-resourced and like not enough manpower Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, but like we could sit here all day, Connor. Yeah. We could sit here all day and dive into this, and we'll never have the full, the full no. answers. Twenty twenty four. Then, of course, you know we have submissions are open now. They're open, and it looks like we're having some form of televised national final. That's what I was going to ask. There's no mention of the late late. Of course, there's a late new late it's late open. show team. Yeah. It's open for something, but something's going to be televised next year. We need to bear in mind that it could well go back to the late late. Uh, absolutely, you know. It doesn't mean the late late's off the table. I think it's I more think. so pending because there's a new host. New yeah, team. yeah. They yeah. need to decide whether or not the late late is is you know they want to do that. Still, Michael Keeley did tell us in his interview that he <clears throat> like he said quite openly that he is moving it to being its own standalone. Yeah. And there's a new contest. RTE entertainment producer, Alan Tyler and stuff, so he's open to the idea as well. So for twenty twenty four then, <laughs> how are you feeling about let's say the late late is gone, it moving into its own televised format? How how does that make you feel being an internal selection kind of person? Um I look, I'm not gonna write it off, you know, like I think I'm at a point where I, I'm just trying not to get too optimistic about anything. But equally, I don't want to be really negative because you never know. Like, they could knock it out of the park. Like, I just don't know. I won't know until I see it. Um, I think if enough time and proper thought goes into it, and it could, it could come together in a really good way. So I'm just going to remain open-minded and see. 
what's there. Um, I will say from our point of view, like we've been posting away, you know, on our socials, like I had a question box up one day, who would you all like to see representing Ireland? I was trying to tag as many artists as possible. And I was pleasantly surprised with some of the feedback from artists. Mm Mm-hmm. And particularly smaller artists, I, th- I think, you know, it could be a good opportunity for them. We know of one or two artists who are keen. Very keen. Who are pretty good mm-hmm. um, and could really bring something good to the table. Um, so not all hope is lost. I think if we get... And in fairness, to like, as much as I did not love this year's selection, I enjoyed the song quality more. Like, mm-hmm. I enjoyed Conley a lot. Um, K-Money and ND were fantastic live. Aji's song was so good in the studio. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lady Jane's Wild was a bit of fun. So um, there was good stuff. There was a mix in there, you yeah. know. It wasn't a complete hopeless um, set of songs in the slightest. But yeah, I, I wait with bated breath is what <laughs> I would say. I'm not, I'm not going to be holding my breath like this will be the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to, you know, I don't want to put it in the busker brisker before it yeah. even began either how do you feel yeah i'm similar to you i'm interested to see what the next stage is um like we said we could be going back to the late late we don't know but if we are moving into its own standalone national final i am interested to see it's like you said the song quality this year i was actually really pleasantly surprised with it and was happy with it when it comes to ireland at the moment um little production things like I really liked the postcards that we got they were more personal instead of this stupid campfire scene which just made no sense um also as well I postcards were very good actually. I really liked the postcards yeah. um and also as well I loved the backgrounds that they had one mile studio gotta shout them out they follow us and I've followed them on my personal as well their graphics that they produced for yeah. I think it was four out of the six acts they were really really good and Conley's were amazing so so that was just so tasteful so on point it really kind of actually improved the visuals of that studio absolutely it looked so polished and it just really worked they have a video of Layla Jane's like full proper like LED screen and it's again down to the late late studio it doesn't captivate just how good it was it damages the the look of the and feel of the those studio panels those panels it's stupid whereas if you have that on a proper scaled you know stage it, it, it could drastically improve things not to say that it's make or break between you know qualifying and not I laugh qualifying. when we call it a stage as well because it's a floor in the corner like I was just thinking about Layla Jane their dancers and how like they start sitting on the floor mm-hmm Anyway, I sorry. I move off the floor. <laughs> you stand up. What it was a on the six floor. by five, six by five. Really, it's the audience who are kind of on the stage. That's it, yeah. <laughs> it's mad. Looking down from below. Um, but even that, just thinking of that, the, the corner of a studio, to go from that, to expect them to go to an arena. The MS Bank Arena or wherever. You know, it's, it's just, it's not fair. Imagine ultimately. going from that to the Friends Arena in oh, Stockholm. God. God. It's a fucking soccer stadium. It's the size like. of bloody Croker, like. Yeah, but it it's it's just not fair on the acts. Ultimately, at the essence of it, it's just yeah. not fair on them to even expect them. I know Brooke talked touched on it with us when she, she um spoke to us, but my God, just so unfair on them. Um, yeah. but yeah, look, that's our opinion anyway. We, of course, that's involved our listeners. We love this. Got so many parts. responses, which is great. Um, I'm going to fly through the question box. We've got loads in there. We actually, 
put up loads of different ways to respond and um, it blew my mind. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to run through some of our respondents in our question box on Instagram. Annette has said that she would like to see a one episode national selection on a proper stage like the Helix with five to ten quality songs, UMK vibes. There's definitely been a few responses coming in similar to that one. She also says, Orgo Internal, I think that's better than the Late Late Show. I personally really agree with you. Declan McCartan <laughs> responded to the sticker saying, what should Ireland do next by saying, win. Wow. Wow. Just win. Just, just Declan always coming in with the bangers. Yeah, yep, yep. Uh, Stephen Burke saying, a standalone national selection that actually lets the acts present their songs properly, not the late, late. Um, Glenn has said, a big Saturday night 8pm slot in the Helix or National Concert Hall. Five or six acts with good quality. I think personally, I would prefer the Helix of those two options. I'm not sure about the National Concert Hall mm. as a national... Well... It depends, I suppose. I suppose I'm used to seeing it with the orchestra, so... Yeah, it doesn't really give um, much it just depends. scope for staging or, you know. Ella has said, would love more Irish language and trad. Most countries lean into their culture, which, yeah, we've definitely spoken about that. Kieran says, stop trying to do formulas. Get some passionate people in a room and let them create. Mm-hmm. Love that. Caillou Oliveira, he was involved with the selection this year. Yes. Um, we met him in Orti on the press day. Long list, it certainly requires more time notice between the reveal of the contestants and performance, um, which is a good insight there. Mm-hmm. Uh, ESC Gals saying we need a proper national final like Eurosong in Belgium. I loved their national final. Uh, Suez Nish, a Czechia style ESC Z show. Cheap and cheerful, where Eurofans vote counts most. That's very interesting. Bernie says a bigger stage for national final and time and support for acts picked to develop their own stage performance, she says in capital letters. Christopher Joyce saying all Ireland song contests, 16 counties in each semi final, top five on each go to final. That's kind of fun. <laughs> that kind of reminds me of the, the All Ireland Talent Show. show. <laughs> I loved that show as a kiddo. It was so good. Um, DCF saying Irish language, multi round Euro voting option. Justy Dub, learn from Kylie's Padan Padan. <laughs> Padan Padan. Oh <laughs> Happy Pride, everybody. Glasgow Miho simply saying hire Connor as H-O-T. Oh, Jesus, stop. <laughs> Burnstagram saying Nadine Coyle. Nadine Just Coyle. Nadine Coyle. Just Nadine Coyle. Uh, Nathan saying do combination of how the Swiss selects with the national final. And Nelly Tracy saying involve Lyra in the song composition and have her represent. Ooh, interesting. Mm. We also asked you guys on Twitter, of course, and loads of you responded. Jack says, I think Eurovision fans that put loads of work into Eurovision content should be brought in when selecting the songs for the national final. One of the main problems is I feel that the panels they use at the moment are too busy looking for a Eurovision type song. Uh, Kubali said, work with This Is Taylor, let him produce the song, thank me later. Augusto, many things such as Rhino Shocked and C should become the head of delegation or its artistic director. Give acts complete creative freedom of their staging. Find a solid package, singer, song and storyline worked in 2018 and can do wonders for Ireland at Eurovision again. Nick said, change the delegation, whole new motivated people needed. Select an established artist who has a vision and passion for the contest. 
Taylor G says Michael Keeley had to go. Someone younger, 100%. Get rid of the late late and make it a proper competition like in other countries. I mean, Johnny Rotten in the lineup this year. Who came up with that? Ron O'Brien says an Irish language entry would be an intriguing departure sung by someone like Chevelle. If we were to go to the English language route, as usual, I would be looking at up-and-coming young artists such as... Uh, all is, uh, Ali Sherlock, sorry, or friend uh, Sive Skelly. We saw Sive Skelly um, at Leslie's gig. Claire O'Kelly says, get TG Cahar involved, send an Irish language song. They did well for Junior Eurovision. Oren says, just trying to pick quality and allow them to shine maybe a wider committee. We always know that they're hopefully... Um, a selection process outside the Late Late Show, which is already a good step. In terms of artists, I'd love to see Kruikon and Kinsey submit songs. Um, Gavin Dawes had sent an established artist with international appeal like Hosier, Dermot Kennedy or Fontaine's DC. We need to put an end to our atrocious record, the worst of any country in the past decade, and take the amateurish national final off the bloody Late Late Show. Hmm. Instagram comments were very interesting, Connor, because you also mm-hmm. had a post up asking people for their thoughts. And also we asked them to tag artists who we felt, or sorry, who they felt would be good for the contest. Brian commented on our Instagram saying, I would love to hear something off Gaelga, but in reality, I think we need to work with record companies and artists to get good songs. I think one thing the recent national finals have shown is that the standard being submitted is not good enough. We have... Somebody suggesting a Jedward Brook crossover for next year, but also a standalone new national final. Jedward may have qualified for the ESE final twice, but when will justice be served for Brook? They ask. Uh, someone has Irvish Wood Project says, I believe it's time for Ireland going forward. English and Irish song or have an all Irish song. Joe saying somebody like Orla Gartland could be great. A great singer songwriter who also just so happens to be a whiz with a hook. Orla is my childhood friend. Slipping <laughs> <laughs> um, loads DMs. <laughs> yeah, um, we were in the Gweltuck together one year, so if she ever goes to Eurovision, my mind there will be blown. I uh, haven't talked to her in a long time, but she's a great gal, very sound. Um, ESC Nahum has tagged Lyra and Codeline. Lawrence has said, I would love Chasing Abby to represent us next year. Eurovision fan says, I'd love Greg French to return as a songwriter after the robbery of playing with numbers and Here I Am. He was a good songwriter. Yeah. We have uh, Poppy tagging Lyra, Moncrief and Kian Ducrow. Samuel tagging Celtic Woman. I personally <laughs> love Celtic Woman. I don't know how other Irish fans will feel mm-hmm. about it because it is a little bit diddly eye, but yeah. I love them. Uh, a lot of longer comments with lots of different helpful suggestions for things we can do. Thomas suggesting an entry with more traditional music feel would be interesting. Perhaps a Celtic ballad and Irish would stand out. Something similar to Solace by Sophie Lennon. Sophie Lennon does get mentioned quite a bit throughout. Joe from the States says, Take a risk, dudes. Genre diversity is the name of the game. Trying your darndest to do a national final where no two songs sound alike. Where you really and truly have to pick the song that stands out the most. It can't be whichever sucks the least, which respectfully, y'all couldn't even pick this year. Lol. It's not a matter of recapturing the magic of your past. It's about doing something completely new. Good luck from NYC. <laughs> I love that comment. It's, it's so, so American. <laughs> direct. And I really greatly appreciate that. 
so many comments here. Every Eurovision song ever. I think we need to go down the Dutch route. Internally pick and establish artists with something unique but reliable. Then once the taboo around the contest is broken, we can open up to a national final and attract some other artists. We need to send some songs or at least part of songs in Irish. Adam G saying, preferably I would see a national final, but hold it in a proper arena and contact up and coming artists or bands. Strong, authentic songs. If we go down the international select, internal selection route picking someone like CMAT would be our best bet Stephen Lynch wants a five week collab project four bands four singers have them do a weekly songwriting competition where each week each band writes a song with a different singer and the winning songs from each week go to a final to come the Eurovision was that not a TV show The Hit hit. it was kind of like that kind of like that that was a brilliant show Mm. I actually wish that had come back Michael Keeley produced that he did not he did that was a great show I loved that uh, fair play to him Kean has said I think the biggest problem is the lack of interest of the contest among the general Irish population they see it as a cheesy song contest well they're wrong it's so much more than that it's a celebration of unity the way in which we can get more interest from the general population is having a national final celebrates local Irish talent so on so on so on finally Rhino Shocknessy our 2018 entrant commented on our Instagram saying I agree with all of these comments and would love to be a part of this year's selection process. So there we have it. Ryan is um, publicly declaring his yeah. interest on our Instagram post. I think Irish people are uninterested at the moment and we need to create something we can all get behind and be proud of. Something authentically Irish. And I mean, you know, he is the only act who was qualified to a final for us in the last decade. Mm-hmm. So it's it's interesting to hear his point of view on it, I guess. Very interesting. So that was a lot of the thoughts from you guys. We actually got some fun voice messages yeah. too. So we're going to play one or two of them. We're going to start with Neve. Thank you, Neve, for sending this in. Here we go. Hey, guys. Um, love that you're asking this question. Uh, love it would it would make some difference to what they decide to do for Eurovision next year. Definitely, all Eurovision fans, Irish Eurovision fans, can agree that the late late show concept needs to go. They need to put the kibosh on that. It's amateur. It's dull. It's not entertaining, and it doesn't allow the acts involved to showcase themselves to the best of their abilities. Um, so that's certainly they need to rethink that, whether that's a really long involved national final process like Melfest or something a little bit kind of more condensed. Um, I don't know, but certainly having more um, more rounds would allow a greater amount of songs to get some exposure and definitely just a little bit more investment in the selection. Second thing is, is that artists need to start submitting songs that are unique um, and authentic to them and what they are known for and what they do. We need to use um, experienced performers. So I've seen there online people talk about Lyra, people talk about Denise Chyla, um, you know, any any sort of established artist like Gavin James would be a brilliant shout. But it's convincing the likes of those people to do your vision, you know, making it attractive. So allowing them to be themselves, not pigeonholing them into boxes. And the problem with using singers who aren't experienced is um, that uh, 
they don't have a style and they can kind of be asked to do anything and then it doesn't come across as real. Keep up the good work with the pod. Lots of common sense. Yeah. Talk from me. Thank you, Dave, for that. Yeah, yeah. Again, a lot of the stuff that we touched on seems to be the the opinion out there, you know. People just Mm -hmm. want change. Yeah. yeah. Great to see. Thank you for me for that, though. Lisa has sent us in a DM saying, I think it would be worth our while to study how Finland has progressed so quickly with UMK. Their population size is very similar to ours and the scale should make it pretty transferable. It's not just made them more successful at Eurovision, but also has boosted the domestic careers of all of the artists involved and has showcased their domestic music scene for an international audience. There is no fad on it. One night with seven artists and proper social media and online promo for the artists, plus a whole package of video, choreo, costume design and staging for all the participants. A proper public service. Something similar should be relatively easy achievable here maybe not next year but we should be working towards that level of quality in the next couple of years very good mm. kevin lister also sent in a voice message so here we go hi Eurovision. the first thing we need to do is to get rid of the euro song from the late late show it needs to be re- rebranded um the whole event uh, we need to run proper semi-finals uh, and a final uh, in somewhere like the Helix or a theatre or even the Tree Arena. They could sell tickets, make it into a big kind of concert type thing. Um, they need to have a lot more acts, a lot more songs. We also need we also need to give them a big stage, proper lighting, um, good sound, good camera angles. So a bit like a mini Eurovision is what we need to do. It's the only way you're going to bring forward a good act. You can't display a good act on a late, late show uh, with a ridiculous stage with about five metres each side to move, not even even backing dancers look awful on the late late show it's it's not right that you should do that to them make them perform in such a small tight stage space i should say in space with limited lighting and camera angles and it's just really bad on the late late show and um and then we need to have a televote the international jury as well um and then um, a bigger panel of jurors i would say would be needed as well but look, uh, that's my opinion. I just think it's all wrong in RTE. We need a bigger, bigger event. It needs to be more positivity around it and more about giving artists a big stage that's broadcast live on TV, semi-finals and a final and make it an Eurovision. And finally, if you look at the likes of what Albania does for their final, uh, Sweden, Norway, um, if you look at those countries, it's absolutely incredible, the, the national finals they host. And I think really RTE need to invest in it you know they couldn't really lose it like so many people would go to watch and go to be present at a national final national selection if they had it like a concert it'd be amazing a lot of common sense from kevin also there yeah again more movement for you know away from the late late show which is understandable and again needs to happen you know the late late show is just not suitable we've talked about this time and time again it's just not suitable so thank you kevin for that Lovely message from our podcast mammy, Louise B. <laughs> Love hearing from Louise in the DMs. She has said, loves the predictions episode, guys. Thank you, Louise. Thank you very much. My main lesson from it is that there is space for the personal and the sentimental in making successful predictions, but not to take it beyond rational limits. For example, predicting <laughs> Ireland to qualify. <laughs> for your upcoming big conversation, she puts in capital letters, which is quite funny. I really think we should move away from a Eurovision specific competition. The Irish public and RTE have way too many preconceptions about what a Eurovision song should be that are so outdated. I'd prefer an annual standalone national song contest along the lines of Italy slash Portugal, where the winner will get first refusal for Eurovision, but that ultimately commands a great prize 
and respect in its own right and that these latter factors should be to the fore in organising it and looking for entries. I think it's the best way to get proper diversity and authenticity and quality of entries which our Eurovision selection is crying out for but can't deliver on its current format. Ran out of characters, she wrote another message. (laughs) We should be picking a song that we love and if it needs to be tweaked or edited or staged differently for Eurovision down the line, so be it. See it later every year. But we need to pick a song because we love the song and not because we think it ticks some kind of Eurovision formula boxes that don't exist. Speech over. That was a really, really well articulated message and I agree with so much of what Louise said there I think it says a lot that most of our recent Eurovision entries just haven't charted here Mm -hmm. and I'm not putting blame on the artists no I'm not saying that their songs weren't good enough no that's not what I'm saying it's a mixture of some of the songs possibly not being strong enough but as a country and as media and radio stations just not backing them enough and how can we expect Europe to vote for us if we're not playing our own songs? Yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. Um, you know, ultimately, at the essence of this, we need change. Um, yeah. Something needs to change. When you look at our results, we're like fourth from the bottom when it t- comes to countries qualifying from the na- from the semifinals in the last, um, you know, 13, 14 years. It's just not good enough. Really, it's not good enough for a country with such history with the Eurovision Song Contest. And, you know, our music industry as well, it's so full of talent and it's not good enough anymore. Ultimately, we need to change and we need to do something that, you know, gets us back to just doing well, not winning, doesn't have to win. We just want to do okay at the Eurovision Song Contest. And that's that's what fans want. And hopefully, hopefully we're at the start of the small train to success. <laughs> I say with with a big breath of please, please. Do some meditation, Connor. Yeah, um, yoga or something. We need to, after that. Midnight summer. <laughs> night, I know if I could. Uh, uh, but yeah, it's like therapy. That wasn't it. I actually feel like good. Yeah. <laughs> like a weight has gone off my shoulder. I feel like I've been avoiding this conversation for the last yeah. month a little bit. We have. Um, we've barely talked about it. We mm. know we planned our episode, but like we just let the thoughts flow. Yeah. And I actually feel all the better for yeah. it. Yeah. The thing is as well, and we're banging on about this all the time, I know. The It does feel like the interest and the surge of interest amongst fans is only, you know, swelling and getting bigger and louder and more prevalent and I do hope that the broadcaster notices that you know yeah and I think they seem to be waking up a bit in terms of you know realizing that maybe all lines of inquiry are exhausted when it comes to their own personal you know ideas and stuff and now they are opening the horizon to see what else can happen and I think that's only going to benefit Network. us going forward talk to other delegations yeah. talk to artists about what they see doing. what happens and I I there is an openness there you know it's not fully closed off no. maybe despite what people think so yeah let's see what happens um, and I have to say actually I suppose even as well we were kind of invited in we were in the Ray Darcy show and it felt really positive positive. Yeah. and I remarked that to you afterwards yeah. that 
Yeah, just from speaking to the producers in there and Catherine Thomas was really, you know, lovely and positive about Eurovision. It felt really positive in there. Mm. So not all hope is lost. No. I don't think we're fighting a complete losing battle. Are we like delusional or hopeful fans every year? See, when I I listen to you say that of, you know, we're hopeful, I feel like we had this conversation at the start of August. We did. Recording our first episode. That's what I was saying to you about Earlier. the stuff. Yeah, yeah we did. Just, I feel like I'm having this conversation it's a, again. It's like Grain Hot Day. Yeah, it just it was poor in depth. You know, and that's why I get depressed on Nice Out when it comes up. And it actually yeah. came up there a few weeks ago as something we were at. And I actually, it was a good friend. And I just said, actually, do you know what? Like, I, don't I actually don't really want to talk yeah. about it. But you know what? Again, in another way, there's only so many times you can have this conversation before what change else actually can you happens. Say? In, yeah. in a way, you know, so. You know, we could be saying the same stuff for years, but eventually people are going to listen. There's going to be Something's change. Something's going to give eventually. Yeah. You know, we can't keep going in this road. So, you know. Or we'll just strike a <laughs> jackpot and we'll randomly come second or something. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll do a Sam Ryder. Who, who even knows? Mm-hmm. And you know what's funny is, like, something drastic could happen. And that's the nature of Eurovision. It changes it, year in, yeah. right? And this time next year, we could be like, geez, do you remember how down in the dumps yeah. we were about it? yeah. You know, it, just, it can change it, just, it just like that. It just takes that one act. It does. We just need that one act. It does. To be, you it know, does. let's... Yes, I'll do your... <laughs> Connor's glasses are broken! What the fuck? <laughs> no, my glasses broke. Ah, fuck. Oh, my glasses don't even agree that your vision in Ireland is going to improve. They're like, nope, let's break your glasses for you. Love it. Thank you very much, glasses. Stunning. Bitch. Connor, um, Sorry. <laughs> We're going to have an E on this episode. Um, oh, there's an E on every episode at this point. Jesus. <laughs> it's so bad. Um, yeah. But, yeah. That's annoying. <laughs> oh, so come here. Connor, we should probably park it up because really we're at the end of part one. Yeah. Of this discussion of what should Ireland do next. We are being joined later on in part two by some pals of the podcast. You know... Most of their voices already, yes. if you are an Irish listener. We do have some new voices, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. All Irish and all invested in the Eurovision Song Contest with lots of interesting things to say. Very excited for that. Yeah, again, more discussions, more opinions on what Ireland should do next. A little bit less of Lou and Connor. Yeah. A little bit more of some others. Absolutely. It's going to be great. Don't miss it. Keep an eye out for that next part in our Ireland discussion for Eurovision 2024 and the future of us in the contest what do we do again if you guys did not get your opinions in there's still plenty of time we still love to hear from you guys so make sure you follow us on all our social media sites get us on twitter at Eurovision pod on instagram at Eurovision podcast you can send us an email if you want to be lengthy and send us all your opinions Podcast at gmail.com also check out our tiktoks little snippets of our joke right interview have been going viral really with the amount of people that i've been watching it joke right are huge i know who would have thought like it's, the, it's crazy but thank you guys for the support so make sure you follow us there as well at airvision podcast and also as well if you have time please leave us a review on spotify and apple podcasts it really helps other eurovision fans particularly in ireland to find us so please if you have a spare two minutes just click the little star button and give us a review plus as well if you're not following us on spotify or apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast hit that little button to subscribe so you don't miss when any future episodes drop but for now we're gonna leave you but for now from myself 
and from me. We will see you soon. And all we got to say is... Slong the fall. Slong the fall.